الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين رب الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله ما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له أما بعد أيها المؤمنون الله سبحانه وتعالى has privileged us, favored us, guided us, and taught us through the behavior and the struggle of Rasulullah. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. And our Quran and Sunnah should be a guidepost in these times of doubts and questions and uncertainty. We have now a president who is very well known from a materialistic and secular point of view. But he's not very well known from an Islamic point of view. And we shall visit some ayat in the Quran that shed light on a person who, in theory, we don't know about practice, in theory is able to wreck the whole world. We have a rich, a wealthy, millionaire or billionaire president. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about these people who fit that description? The first observation is an ayah in its 177 in Surah Al-Baqarah where Banu Israel object to a person who came to rule them. And their objection was in one aspect, they didn't object just because of one issue, but one aspect of their objection was وَنَحْنُ أَحَقُّ بِالْمُلْكِ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يُؤْتَ سَعَةً مِنَ الْمَالِ But we deserve more to control our domain 
And he, meaning Talut, the person that was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lead them, they said pertaining to him, وَلَمْ يُؤْتَ سَعَةً مِنَ الْمَالِ He's not a wealthy person. He doesn't have an abundance of wealth and money. Of course, this record, this record in the Qur'an of this statement of Bani Israel is to show us that if we are to be followers or if we are to be guided by people, one of the qualifications is not for them to have money. The ayah here is in objection to Bani Israel who were objecting to Talut because he didn't have plenty of money. وَنَحْنُ أَحَقُّ بِالْمُلْكِ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يُؤْتَ سَعَةً مِنَ الْمَالِ Surah Al-Mu'minun or Surah Al-Mu'mineen doesn't matter, both of them are correct. Ayah number 55. أَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّمَا نُمِدُّهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ مَالٍ وَبَنِينَ نُسَارِعُ لَهُمْ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ Do they think, do they assume that because we have given them mal and banin, money and wealth, and banin is, both of, there are two words in the Quran that are frequently that frequently accompany the word mal. It's banin and walad. And the literal translation of banin and banin is children. Walad is descendants. That's the, the type of literal meaning of the words. But it is not the simple linguistic initial meaning of the word that we should stop at but we should also develop it to understand that Benin is the offspring or the power base that you build on and walad is are the descendants that generate a power for you. But uh, our rudimentary understanding of the Quran still needs to be improved. So Allah in this ayah subhanahu is saying, Ayahsabuna anna manu middu lahum mimalin wabanin nusari'u lahum fil khayrat. Do they think because of our supply to them of mal and benin that we are expediting them towards prosperity this is the mindset that they are in these particular people who have wealth and in addition to that now they've coupled it with power 
They think they are on their way to prosperity. You can see this. Just watch the non-verbal communication. In addition to the verbal communication of the person who is in the highest office in the land. He thinks he's on his way to unmistakable prosperity. أَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّ مَا نُمِدُّ بِهِ نُمِدُّهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ مَالٍ وَبَنِينَ نُسَارِعُ لَهُمْ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ Surah Al-Naml, ayah number 36. فَلَمَّا جَاءَ سُلَيْمَانَ قَالَ أَتُمِدُّونَنِي بِمَالٍ When Sulaiman came, this is the approach of the prosperous Arabia Felix Sabah when they finally came to Sulaiman they wanted to show off they wanted to demonstrate their affluence so they bring him wealth and he sarcastically says you mean to say you're coming to supply me with money? And then there's the famous exchange in Surah Al-Kahf between two persons, two characters. One of them very rich and affluent and the other one basically having nothing of the, of the sort. The ayat, it's about a page from Surah Al-Kahf. وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا رَجُلَيْنِ جَعَلْنَا لِأَحَدِهِمَا جَنَّتَيْنِ مِنْ أَعْنَابِ Provide them with the analogy of two men. And so one of them says, the one who's in the position of wealth, and riches, he says, فَقَالَ لِصَاحِبِهِ أَنَا أَكْثَرُ مِنْكَ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا He says to his companion, but I have more money and more folks than you do. This is, you see, the arrogance these people who occupy positions of power, they are not beyond us looking at them from a moral perspective. What, you know, they're above morality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings every human being with, into the scope of his book. And then the other one who didn't, doesn't have any wealth or riches says... إِنْ تَرَنِي أَنَا أَقَلَّ مِنْكَ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا Even though you see me, even though you perceive of me as having less money and less folks than you have. This is not, this is not a statement of an inferior, an inferior person speaking. This is a person who's speaking from his conviction and his certainty with Allah Jalla wa'ala. And then in Surah Maryam, Ayah 77, 
أفرأيت الذي كفر بآياتنا وقال لأوتين مالا وولدا Have you considered? Have you seen? Have you observed? He who has objected to our power and authority demonstrations who says certainly I am going to have and to get and to acquire malan wa walada once again it's an issue of wealth and it is an issue of generating power that's walada if we just take it beyond its linguistic meaning meaning to generate new life and what goes into this is the, an issue of power and then in surah al-muddathir ayah number 12 allah jalla wa ala says dharni wa man khalaqtu wahida waj'altu lahu malan mamduda wa banina shuhuda Allah subhanahu is saying this is on the day of judgment when we all will stand in a court of justice not in the court of nuclear weapons and nuclear powers this is the court of ultimate justice Allah is going to say and this is in reference to these types who had all the money and everything that goes with it he says dharni wa man khalaqtu wahida leave me alone allah imagine allah jalla shanuhu saying leave me alone with he whom i have created and waj'altu lahu malan mamduda and i have rendered unto him unending extended wealth and riches this statement coming from allah imagine someone on the day imagine the person who has all of this wealth and now accompanied with power on the day of judgment allah is saying leave me alone with him dharni wa man khalaqtu wahida waj'altu lahu malan mamduda wa banina shuhuda thumma yatma'u an azid kalla innahu kana li ayatina anida the ayat go on to describe this type of character and the final destiny that he is approaching and then one in one of the short surahs that we all should be familiar with al-haqq subhanahu wa ta'ala says wailun li kulli humazatin lumaza alladhi jama'a malan wa'addada woe to these characters who spin the facts who accuse without any substantiation without any evidence others these description of humaza and lumaza are social descriptions of individuals and characters 
that have the clout to change public minds, public perceptions, and public understandings of the issues. But how many of us, ask yourself, I'm sure probably 90 or 95% of you who are listening to this khutbah have memorized this surah, a short surah in the Quran. وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ هُمَزَةٍ الذي جمع مالا وعدده يحسب أن ماله أخلده كلا لينبذن في الحطمة. Now when you to the end of the surah, when you read this surah, how many of you remember, or how many of you place within the meanings of this ayah the person who became become who has become president of the United States. How many? And if that is not, and if that is the case, and you know, you're just reading some general meanings without having any specific, practical representation in real life, in this world, here and now, then what, how is this Quran, how does it become relevant to you? In Surah Nuh, ayah number 21. Rabbi innahum asawni wattaba'u man lam yazidhu maluhu wa waladuhu illa khasara. Here is Nuh in this lifelong struggle with his own people. He says, referring to the majority of them, O oh my sustainer, Rabbi, innahum asawni, they have disobeyed me. Wattaba'u man lam yazidhu maluhu wa waladuhu illa khasara. And they went and followed those whose monies, whose assets, whose riches, and their generated Power, future power, future in the human sense of the word. All of that, what that did to them was it increased their losses. Money and wealth increased their losses. And then another short surah that you should be familiar with and probably repeating in some of your prayers. مَا أَغْنَى عَنْهُ مَالُهُ وَمَا كَسَبْ His money, this is in reference to Abi Lahab, his money, and whatever he has acquired, مَا كَسَبْ didn't do him any good. مَا أَغْنَى عَنْهُ مَالُهُ وَمَا كَسَبْ Nothing. We're of no value were of no consequences. How many of us, when we visit these ayat in the Qur'an, how many of us begin to think about the real people who fit these descriptions? There's real people in this world who fit the exact meanings of these ayat. And then Allah Jalla wa'ala, when He speaks to us, there's something in us 
that always favors those who have wealth. You can see this even when you are in a small group of people. You may be chatting in your own home. You may be in a friend's company. And then there's 5, 10, 15, 20 more or less individuals. And you watch. You watch and you pay close attention. Many of the times, not always. You pay close attention to where... To how people interact vis-a-vis those who have wealth as opposed to those who don't have wealth or to put it in another in other words those who have more wealth and those who have less wealth pay attention to how people interact even in quote-unquote Islamic settings and this is a fact that Allah Azza wa Jal points out to when he says, وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا And you are endlessly infatuated with money. Has it ever occurred to someone when he's speaking to the other person or to the others that money is not the issue when I'm speaking to that person? Or is it something deep down inside in the instinct that gives a person who has money and affluence and wealth and riches and possessions and assets that overwhelm our psychology and then we begin to behave in that manner? يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ That day, money is gonna, is, has no value and whatever generated generations have no value except for he who approaches Allah with a sound heart. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Now we transition for a very short while to those who have the same character but they project themselves as being the maintainers of the haramain or the protectors of Islam or the servants of the Prophet. These people have placed a monopoly. They own, just like they own bank accounts and lands and estates and the rest, now they want to own Islamic history. This is how arrogant people who have money become. And because we are suffering from 14 centuries almost,
We are suffering from 14 centuries of a diminishing Islamic thinking political mind. We, we cannot see the similarity between the rich and the affluent who are in this country and the rich and the affluent who are in the Arabian Peninsula. An average Muslim will come and tell you, you know, those are Muslims over there and over here we have Christians. Is this what Allah and His Prophet have taught us? These ayat that you just listened to, they're speaking generically about anyone who has money. It's not saying a Muslim who has money and a Christian who has money. Therefore, because we have blinders, we can't see that the ruling class here now, the millionaires and billionaires, are like the ruling class in Arabia, millionaires and billionaires. It's the same stuff. These are the same characters, but they hide behind religious differentiations. They hide behind a false religious image. Whether they are Muslims, or they are Christians, or they are Jews, or they are whatever. We have to, see, we have to penetrate and see through this facade. Now, as I said, they've, now they've owned Islam. These people with this wealth, they've owned Islam. And their possession of Islam says that the Salafi Islam is the right Islam. If you happen to disagree with them on issues that are disagreeable, all of a sudden you're outside of the pale. And they put you outside of the pale not because they have brains, not because they are scholars in their own right. No, it's because they have money. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاتِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلَهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ But who do you speak to when these people, they have all of the money, all of the riches, the wherewithal, from weapons to the media, you, you name it, you call it, and it's in their possession. And they don't stop there. They come into our own hearts and our own minds and they want to possess those. Now let's see. The word salaf, it's, an, it's an, a neutral word. Yeah, there was a generation, a previous generation. Well, fine. Who was in that previous generation? In their own definition, the Salafi definition, it refers to the f first 300 years after the Prophet. 
That's the generation of As-Salaf. Who do we find in this generation? We find, to make a long story shorter, we find basically two groups of people, Ahl al-Hadith and Ahl al-Ra'i. All of these are Muslims, or in the vocabulary of others, Ahl al-Naqil and Ahl al-Aqil. And these are synergistic, there's no clash. But in today's confiscation by the rich of Islam and his def- its definition, they have said, no, this Salaf belongs to only Ahl al-Naqil or al-Hadith. Ahl al-Ra'i or Ahl al-Aqil are excluded. My brothers, my sister Muslims, if you are ever under such influence, just think, look back at those generations. The only Muslims that we had in those 300 years were the Muslims of Al-Naqil and Hadith. There were no Muslims of thought, of Ijtihad. Ask yourself. And if that's the case, so that Salaf, because Salaf includes all, then we have to liberate ourselves from their understanding. And let's take an example. I know it's cold, but bear with me just a few minutes. Let's take an example of our beloved Prophet, alayhi salatu When he was in Mecca, him and his companions, when they were in Mecca, they didn't know, they weren't familiar generally speaking, the people of Mecca with very elaborate clothes. Their clothes were simple. When they went to Al-Madina, then they began putting on clothes that were more, what you would say, more fancy in our language. It wasn't, you know, like in today's uh, world where there's fashion and there's this type of, this is in vogue and that's not. No, no. It's just they went up from what is called in Arabic, libas غير makhit ila libas in Which means, you know, uh, the sewing process has developed in Medina more than... They didn't say, no, no, we're going to stay the same way we, we were... The same clothes we were wearing in Mecca, we are going to wear in Medina. That didn't happen. The homes in Mecca were known not to have a type of enclosure and fence. When the Muslims went to Medina, their homes had what is called kunuf, enclosures and fences. So they adapted. They went with it. They didn't say, oh no, what we had in Mecca is going to be imposed here on what they have in Al-Medina. No such nonsense. In the time when the Prophet was in Mecca, he used to drink, and these hadiths are taken, by the way, from Al-Bukhari. He used to drink in a thick or in a bulky piece of wood. That was his container out of which he used to drink water. When he went to Al Medina, there were there containers made out of metal or made out of glass. 
What did he say? Did he say, no, no, I'm going to continue drinking in wood? No. He, he began drinking just like everyone else was drinking out of the same containers everyone else was drinking from. The prophet did not wear a ring. And for the first several, all in, in Mecca all the time, and for the first several years in al Medina, he didn't wear a ring. And then he was told that if you want to communicate with kings or sovereigns, they will not acknowledge or read something that doesn't have a seal or a stamp to it. And at that time, the social norm was to stamp something with with the sovereign's ring. So the Prophet adopted a ring and put a ring on Muhammad Rasulullah. That was his seal and his stamp on his communication. What did he say? I'm not going to do that. I'm following the people of the book. Khalifu al-Yahuda wa nasara In the mentality of these Salafis, these destructive types. The Prophet of Allah in his masjid, the Prophet of Allah's masjid was a simple one. It was made out of um, what you may call um, mud that was um, put into a heat process to make out of it what you may call bricks of mud, okay? bricks of mud and the ceiling was the from palm trees and the floor was dirt that's the prophet's masjid what happened in the 300 years that these salafis think of what happened the prophet's masjid turned from that very simple masjid to becoming a masjid that has stone walls it has a ceiling that doesn't leak it has tiles on the floor in this was not recently this was in the first 300 years of a salaf al-salih now don't let some let some salafi come to you and draw you back into some type of jungle mentality the prophet of allah for about seven years did not have a minbar there was no minbar to ascend he used to have a a a stick okay and he used to more or less rely on that stick and a woman came up to him and she said ya rasulallah o messenger of allah Wouldn't it be better if you had something to stand and sit on? I know a carpenter who can build something for you. Would you accept that? He said, yes. And then after seven years of not having a minbar, he had for the first time a minbar in Al-Madina. That means after 20 years of his da'wah, he finally had a minbar. All of these issues happened and these there's some others um, unfortunately because it's getting uh, cold I, I have to terminate the khutbah at this point
But I terminated with Allah's ayah وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلِ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace, peace and blessings be upon him and his says خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنِي ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ The best generation is mine and then those who come after them and those who come after them أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ أُدْعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَأَنْتُمْ عَلَى يَقِينٍ بِالْإِجَابَةِ وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَابٌ رَحِيمٌ الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى Dear committed Muslims It is our responsibility to bring the meanings that have been these meanings that we have today in the Quran, in the Hadith in the consensual verifiable reliable hadiths this information that we have did not come to us free there have been generations tens of millions of muslims who gave their lives and their limbs for us to have this information the way it is without any zigzagging left or right without any self-centeredness and selfishness. This information we are responsible for to disseminate so that people can understand what Islam is all about. Islam is not terrorism. Islam is not savagery. On the other hand, Islam is a confidence. Islam is a certainty that will withstand whatever gimmicks that they have right now there's some war talk emanating emanating from this city war talk they want to pick a war in other parts of the world where are they going to go with this king one king came to the white house yesterday and then a, a king from a muslim country and then the foreign minister of that Saudi regime is in town as we speak he's in town here making his rounds what do they want to do they want to resurrect what they called the that alliance that went into war in Iraq right now they want to resurrect a, a, another type of alliance to do war against Islamic self-determination. They think Allah is not present. Allah has no power. Allah has no authority. Try to use all the power you have and all the authority you have and then you will realize that Allah's power does not diminish and Allah's authority is not trumped. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابًا وَلَا تَجْعَلْهُمُ الْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا 
واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم اللهم بارك على محمد وآل محمد اللهم بارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allah, <laughs> 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 